The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy, and I will be your skipper on this episode of the tour. And with me, as always, is my first mate and little buddy of the show, Tag. Aloha, Jimmy. Mukalakahiki. <laughs> Come on. And on this podcast, we celebrate classic, iconic TV shows as we break down them. Break down them? <laughs> as we break them down one episode at a time. <laughs> what we do, Tag, as you know, mm-hmm. we take the episode. Take it hard. We break it down with our bad selves. We leave a narcoleptic to keep watch, <laughs> only to find out that he isn't doing his job and most of our shit got stolen. But, but we went over Marianne in the process. Mm-hmm. All for you, the listener. Wow. Wow. On today's episode, we look at Gilligan's Island, season one, episode three, entitled Voodoo Something to Me. <laughs> Voodoo Something to Her. Hell yeah. If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Gilligan's Island is available to stream nowhere Nowhere. for free, (laughs) but it is for purchase on Apple TV and Amazon Prime. Or you can do what me and Tacked in and buy the series DVD box set available now through our Amazon affiliate link on our website at www.averybreedypodcast.com slash shop. It's a great way to support the show. Plus, it turns out to be cheaper because it's like $2 an episode if you buy the other one. Mm-hmm. Here you are. So, right off the bat, yeah, I got, I got a bit of a bone to pick, man. Oh, well, I mean, you should do that in the privacy of your own home. Uh, yeah, I probably should do that in the bathroom. But no, not that type. Oh. Man, I was knocking on your apartment door for like two hours yesterday, and your ass didn't answer the door. Oh. The Sorry, hell? I uh, don't live there anymore. Oh, maybe. The, yeah. I, I, why didn't you tell me? Well, I, uh, surprise. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to be like, you helped me move. <laughs> yeah, you did help me move. No, so we are not in the same room. We are not in the same city. We are not in the same county. We are not in the same state. Mm-mm. We are not in the same time zone. No, we're not. <laughs> so Tech is now, do you want to even want to say where you're at? Yeah. Or is it a secret? No, it's not a secret. I'm, I'm in Illinois now. Yes. Illinois. That's how they say it though, right? Illinois. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how do you like it? How's uh, the weather? <laughs> weather's nice. Nice. It's you know, normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, Tech and I were were packing up a U-Haul truck last Saturday, and mm-hmm. uh, Tech was on the road Sunday, so we didn't have a chance to record. So we do apologize. Yeah, we know that. Um, you know that your 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 Thursdays weren't the same. My Thursday wasn't the same because I listened yeah. to the podcast too. Is that egotistical? I feel like that's egotistical. <laughs> nah, nah. Okay. Um. So we do apologize, but we thought we'd be able to to have time to, to do a show, but we just didn't, I wasn't feeling that great. And tech was tired for moving and tech had a lot of, you know, obvious unpacking and stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So we do apologize, but we're back here and uh, that's what counts, I guess. Yeah. That's we're all good to go now. We shouldn't, shouldn't miss any more episodes now. So Nope. So, uh, 
So how has your week been other than that? Uh, well, I'm just trying to get settled in here in Illinois. <laughs> in <laughs> Illinois and uh, just trying to get unpacked. And I moved here yes. where family is and I moved here without a job. So I'm uh, still trying to find a job. I did go on and I do have a few interviews lined up. So that's good. Boom. Yeah. So that's cool. I got two more interviews lined up for next week. So right on. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Indeed. That's what matters. <clears throat> Yeah, but other than that, you know, just L-I-V-I-N, living, buddy. There you go. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I have a, I've been dealing with a sick snake this week. Oh. He's got a, a respiratory infection, so that's that's not good. But that's okay. I have him quarantined. He's actually about a foot in front of me, right behind my monitor. You can't see him, but uh, yeah, mm. he's been hanging out with me. and So, yeah. So, that's fun. Well, that's too bad. Poor little guy. It is. That's okay. I'm sure he'll get better. He's already, it started off with him um, uh, having substrate in his mouth. Substrate is the stuff that, you know, the, they live on, the stuff they crawl around on. He had substrate in his mouth because he had been trying to wipe his mouth off. Then mm. he had literal snot bubbles coming out of his nostrils. Ew. And then he had foaming at the mouth, stuff like that. And so I did everything I could. It must suck to have like no sleeves to wipe it on and all that. Yeah, I know, right? You can't, you don't even have fingers. So you don't even have somebody else to wipe it off on. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I did everything I could. He's looking better already. He has no more foaming at the mouth, no more snot. But I still got to keep him separated from the rest of the snakes. Otherwise, he could, you know, infect the entire collection, which that wouldn't be good. Aren't they already quarantined? Like, they're all in their own little They are, cage but um, it, with them all in the same room, you risk things like, um, you know, if you if you if I'm picking up uh, what's called uric acid, uh, if their pee, if, I, if I'm cleaning out their, their cage, it's possible that some of the, the stuff could get on my hands. And then if I go reach in somebody else's cage, then now it's passed on to them. Cross contamination. So, mm-hmm. Yep. And so whenever we're doing anything, we deal with him last. When we feed him, he gets fed last. All that kind of stuff. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Well, good luck to him and his speedy recovery. Heck yeah. And also, um, I have your cat. It, it turns out oh, yeah. you left it in my car. <laughs> so well, there's not going to be, he won't, or she won't be finding the car like that. No? I don't know. I, t- I finally took her out. It's been about a week and a half. I took her out finally <laughs> and put her in the house because it was getting hot. It was like 97 degrees down here. Now, so, before you people freak out. So when I, where I move, we have two cats. I say, we, my son and I, we have two cats. And um, where we were moving to, we couldn't have pets. And so we had to give away. Maybe only temporary, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> our cast, so Jimmy took, was kind enough to take one, and my daughter took the other one. Yep, yep. This is the first time, I think, in my whole life I've been animal-free. Wow, that's crazy. you got to date somebody. Well, <laughs> <laughs> inside joke, you can now. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a couple yeah. of years when I was in the Navy where you know, I lived in the barracks. I didn't have pets, but, <clears throat> you know. It would be funny weird. if you met your landlord and your landlord's like, what are you talking about? You can have pets here. <laughs> like, oh. So the landlord okay. chick, she shows up at the house where we're all unloading that night. And because right? she's like friends with my sisters, my whole family knows oh, everybody Jesus. in town. So she <laughs> like shows up to, to, you know, chit chat or whatever. And what does she bring with her? A little dog. So you can't have an animal in your apartment, but she can. Well, she didn't bring the dog inside or anything. Okay. And I was, and then when I was filling out paperwork, she's like going over everything. So no pets. I'm like, yeah, that's. She's like, sorry about that. And I was like, well, I noticed you had a pet. 
just saying. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there watching TV today and the cat jumped on my lap randomly. I'm like, oh, oh, we're doing this now. Okay. So, um, I'm good. Is she warming up to you? Yeah. She's jumped on my lap like three times, but she won't jump on anybody else's lap. <laughs> Are you petting her on her head like that? Little fingertips? Yeah. Yeah. Else? I haven't touched her back, you know. Okay. And so, it's just, um, she just loves the top of her head scratch. Yeah. yeah she's, she's been hanging out in the snake room a lot. And just yesterday, she started venturing out to the living room. Hmm. So, so now she's jumping on the couch and stuff like that. And now she acts like she owns a place. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. So I guess on that note, um, we'll go ahead and take our first break because I don't know about you, but I am, I'm just pooped. <laughs> so um, we'll take our first break and then we will dive into Voodoo Something to Me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we'll be back. Coming in the fall of 2022. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions a long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters and sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great, coming in the fall of 2022. And we are back. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, your, your ceilings are higher. I noticed that. You got actually, some air on that one. Hell actually, yeah. they're lower here because I had vaulted oh, really? ceilings at the other oh, place. Oh, you must have got shorter then. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's different gravity up there. But anyways, <laughs> season one, episode three entitled Voodoo Something to Me. Let's get into this. Some facts about the episode. It first aired on October 10th, 1964. Damn. Mm. That's like two years after Columbus sailed. 
So, <laughs> um, <laughs> written by Austin Kalish. Is that how you pronounce that? Sure. Kalish, Kalish. And Elroy Schwartz. Hmm. Hey, the Jetsons. <laughs> Directed by John Rich. We know that guy. <laughs> According to IMDb, this is the first mention of the Skipper's superstitious beliefs. Hmm. This is also the first time that an ape, in this case, a chimp, is seen on the island. The only appearance of a real ape. Hmm. So, yeah. you ready to fade in? I am. I've been waiting. Yeah. Okay. In that case, we fade in. <laughs> Scene one. We open this week's story on, well, Gilligan's Island. Hmm. We see Gilligan standing next to a campfire with his right hand on a revolver, his head off to one side and his eyes closed. We see the skipper come out of a hut, walk across to another hut, and say, All right, folks, it's time. And soon everyone is coming out of the hut. The skipper yells, No cause for alarm, Gilligan. It's just the skipper. Gilligan doesn't react, but the skipper begins walking towards Gilligan as he talks to the rest of the group and says, Always identify yourself when Gilligan's on watch. He tends to be trigger happy, shoots first, and asks questions later. Soon, he stands next to Gilligan and loudly asks, Gilligan, is everything all right? But when Ollie gets his snores, the skipper loudly shouts, Gilligan, and ducks. Gilligan quickly pulls out the revolver, points it in the direction of the skipper, fires, and yells, Halt, or I'll shoot. (laughs) But when he realizes what happened, he says, Oh, hi, skipper. Ginger says, We're terribly sorry to wake you when you're on sentry duty. (laughs) Gilligan, taking this comment at face value, says, Oh, that's all right. (laughs) The skipper then pulls out a flare gun and says, all right, folks, flare time. And everybody everybody gets super excited. (laughs) They do jazz hands and fingers. I actually wrote that joke in. I said, all right, folks, flare time. Everyone goes apeshit and begins to shout for joy. (laughs) The way he says it, he's like, all right, folks, watch this. Like, I don't know. Like he's going to shoot it from his like wiener or something. <laughs> Marianne asks, why do we fire a flare every night? We don't even know if there's shit out there. <laughs> the professor, perhaps calling her out, argues, but we don't know there isn't one. Mm. Might be a freighter or an oil tanker. Mrs. Howell, apparently not liking the sounds of that, says, a freighter or an oil tanker? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Mr. Howell butts in saying, that's all right, lovey. We can wait for a yacht. The skipper ends this charade (laughs) saying, everyone gather around over here now. Keep your fingers crossed. But he's really into this flare. He's really excited about this. (laughs) He made it like a a nightly (laughs) event when he could just go out there and just do it. He's like, all right, everybody shut up. Shut Just watch watch this. No, seriously, watch, watch. Marianne asks, "Uh, how many flares do we have left? The professor answers, about 150. The skipper then asks, everyone ready? (laughs) Stand by. (laughs) Ready? Fire. (laughs) He fires the flare and soon everyone is staring at the sky, watching the flare. The professor, in a matter of fact tone, says, now let's pray that somebody saw our signal. Mr. Howell says, well, if they did, I hope they don't barge in the middle of the night to rescue us. I'm simply exhausted. Mrs. Howell seconds this, saying, We've not had a decent night's sleep since we got here, and walks off. Oh, uh, in a huff. 
<laughs> the skipper speaking up says, well, I don't think any of us have except Gilligan oh. who's already, who's already asleep. Of course, standing up with his hand on his gun. <laughs> I mean, you know, his side or his pistol. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. The skipper walks up to him, of course, yelling Gilligan, which causes Gilligan to waste yet another round by pointing his gun and firing it, yelling halt or I'll shoot. <laughs> Hi, skipper. The skipper just rolls his eyes and says, well, you folks may as well turn in. I'll have a talk with our sentry. That is, if he can stay awake long enough. (laughs) Soon, everyone says goodnight and off to bed they go. (laughs) The skipper now alone with Gilligan says, Gilligan, how many bullets do you have left in that gun? Gilligan holds out the gun and says, one, see, he then fires off the gun on accident. As both, <laughs> as both men seem startled by the gun, Gilligan asks, what did you want to talk to me about, Skipper? Captain Morgan, I mean, uh, the Skipper, of course, of course, gets mad. <laughs> of course, gets mad and through his teeth says, Gilligan, sentry duty is a sacred trust. You've got to watch the weather. If it starts to rain, you've got to see that the supplies are kept dry. Gilligan, having listened to all this, nods and says, you can depend on me, Skipper. The Skipper adds, and most important of all, you have to keep a constant lookout for ships. As the Skipper turns to walk away, Gilligan acknowledges by saying, aye, aye, Skipper. The Skipper turns awkwardly and yells, watch that ocean like a hawk. Gilligan repeats, like a hawk. Aye, aye, sir. If there's a ship out there, I'll see it. Of course, by this time, both of them have their backs to the ocean. The skipper points to the jungle where Gilligan is now staring at and says, if there's a ship out there, it's in trouble. The ocean is that way. He then turns Gilligan towards the ocean. Gilligan smiles awkwardly and says, I thought that seaweed looked awfully tall. (laughs) The skipper, thinking he's being messed with, asks, Gilligan, are you really wide awake? (laughs) Gilligan answers, wide awake, sir. The skipper asks, no more sleeping on the posts? Gilligan quickly answers, no more sleeping, sir. The skipper, happy to hear this, says, good man. I'll see you in the morning. Gilligan once more acknowledges, saying, good night, sir. But as soon as the skipper walks away, of course, Gilligan falls asleep. (laughs) But then the bushes rustle and we hear a noise which wakes Gilligan. But he soon falls back asleep. Hmm. What kind of noise? What does it sound like? Like Bobby Brady. <laughs> uh, that that night set like looked really good. Did you see it? I think it was literally a night. I think it was outside at night. <laughs> I don't think that one was. I don't think when it shot in that direction. I think no? it's in the studio. Okay. Yeah, that's right. If it was in the studio, that looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Good lighting, good props, the way they yeah, right. showed distance and all that. Because if you looked like there was a little bit of light in the distance yeah. for the sky, and you could see just a silhouette of like a tree, and then mm-hmm. they had all the other trees. Like, you know, it just looked really nice. Really good. Nice. So I have a few notes. Why okay. does the skipper act like he's getting off having people watch him fire a fucking flare gun? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why is he so into this? I don't know why it has to be an event for everybody to show up yeah. to. Like, why does everybody have to be out there for it? 
It's like, is oh, it going to make it go higher? Like, Marianne, it's time for the flare event. Like, <sighs> you're supposed like, to watch, should... guys. Come on, you're supposed to watch me. Like, what? <laughs> um, he obviously knew Gilligan would fire that gun when he yelled. So why did he do it? <laughs> he could have easily just went up and held his hand on his gun and been like, "Hey, wake up!" You know what I mean? Um, I mean. Uh, I mean, A, he knew he would waste a round, and B, he did that shit twice. Like, he, he knew he was going to waste a round, and he did it twice, and those were apparently the last three bullets they had, and two of them were wasted by the by Captain Morgan trying to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <sighs> that irritated me. That irritated me a lot. Um, yeah. Also, I couldn't tell if Ginger was being a smartass or if she's just stupid. Like, I couldn't well. tell. What she well, she's like, sorry to end, sorry to to wake you when oh. we're on sentry duty. <laughs> I can't tell if she's like just if she I understood she what the being, fuck she was saying. Or yeah, I, I just don't think she understands what the job is. I think she's just okay. stupid and was being being genuinely sincere. Oh, sorry to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also notice how Marianne seemed annoyed at firing a flare gun every night? <laughs> and, <laughs> and and she goes on to ask how many they have left. That's true. So she can continue planning. Like, okay, 150. She wants to make sure they don't get found. <laughs> right. She's like, wait, we don't have to do this shit every night, do we? How many of these fucking things we got? <laughs> Maybe a damn shame if somebody started t- storing bananas in with the uh, flares, huh? <laughs> right. Huh. Interesting. Um, I, I, I did just a little bit of research, and flares can be used in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, not just at nighttime. So they could have been doing it in the daytime as well. Because it lets off apparently orange smoke, which you may know know more about that than I do. But apparently it lets off an orange smoke that could be seen in the daytime. Um, modern day, um, I guess search planes have a, like a like a heat detecting flare, um, so mm-hmm. when they can spot the the uh, the flare at a far distance, whatever. But back then they could have used this in the daytime, not just nighttime. So they're yeah. kind of being wasteful just using it at night because uh, well, arguably there might wasteful. be more ships in the daytime. Yeah. Well, probably not wasteful, but they could have been doing it once in the daytime, once at nighttime. Because arguably yeah. there might be more ships in the daytime. Right. Um surprised um, Marianne didn't come up with that. Why don't we do this during the day too? Like let's get rid, <laughs> let's get rid of these flares. I, I, I also looked it up and how you store them and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. they're not really supposed to be above 90 degrees and they're not really supposed to be around water or getting that humid. So mm-hmm. Like if they were going to store them correctly, they probably should have like put them in a box and buried them underground or something. And had they done that, they probably wouldn't have all went off. Spoiler alert! Oh. At the same time, yeah. I mean, well, they can't really. I'm not that on much of a choice. So as far as 90 degree humid heat, you don't have a choice. But I don't know how well they can really dig. I mean, aren't they going to hit water? I mean, it's still a damn shame they don't have a, a cave. It's probably the only island around there that doesn't have a cave. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> You keep coming back to that. That cave seems to be like <laughs> answering a lot of questions, <laughs> solving a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a shame that yeah, it's a shame they don't have it. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, scene two. The next morning, we see Gillian sound asleep, of course, standing up with his hand on his revolver when the skipper comes out of his hut. All rested with a huge grin on his face. Oh, yeah. I mean, after all, his lazy ass didn't have to stay and watch. Mm-hmm. I know, like, why does Gilligan always have to do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like they don't rotate? Like, what the fuck? They know this dude falls asleep. What, what the? Yeah. 
Anyway, and it's not just, I understand that they're still in the mindset that they're running the business because it's only been like a couple of weeks know, or so man. by this point. I think point. Captain Morgan's just lazy. <laughs> so they still kind of feel responsible, you know, so they still kind of need to be doing work duties, I think is I what guess. they're still in the mindset. But pretty soon they're going to be like, look, we're all in this together. We're all going to yeah, have yeah. to stand watch and rotate watches. So anyway. But when Gilligan hears him walking up behind him, he pulls out his revolver, points at the skipper, and yells, Halt! The skipper drops to the ground to avoid being shot. Gilligan walks over and begins to ask, Friend or foe? But realizes it's the skipper. The skipper, now laying on the ground, looks up and says, Attaboy, Gilligan. Nice to see that you're still awake at your post. (laughs) Gilligan, now leaning over to help the skipper up, says... You told me how important sentry duty was, and I didn't shut my eyes the whole night. Not once. <laughs> not one little. But is interrupted by the skipper who realizes Gilligan is pointing the revolver straight at him. <laughs> he snatches it, saying, give me that gun. Gilligan, who's obviously exhausted, asks, can I go to bed now, skipper? Skipper, being nice for once, says, certainly you've earned a rest. Gilligan, perhaps surprised to hear this, says, thank you. But his happiness is short-lived when the skipper says, right after you've chopped wood, made breakfast, cleaned the area, I want you to take a nap, and that's an order. Gilligan just looks deadpan and says, thanks. Skipper then says, now let's get inside and wrestle up some breakfast. As they both walk away, Gilligan begins trying to dust the sand off the skipper, which obviously irritates him. The skipper tries to push Gilligan away, but he's undeterred in his cleaning. Finally, the skipper tosses him into the supply hut. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that, that made that made me laugh. How Gilligan was pointing, pointing the gun right at him. <laughs> I don't know. It made me laugh for a couple of reasons. One is the two of them know they're out of bullets. Like they know that. So <laughs> yeah, but, but still, is good gun safety. I always assume it's loaded, it yeah. right? But I noticed that Gilligan had his finger on the trigger like every freaking time he touched a gun. That was irritating <laughs> me so bad. Um, man, Gilligan is such so freaking lazy. Holy crap. Gillian? He's so incredibly lazy. Gillian? No, I'm sorry, the skipper. Oh, yeah. Then he comes out all smiling, yawning and shit because he's going to get a night's <laughs> sleep. And like, really? Like, you're such a dick. Like, you can't pull your weight even a little bit. Like, not even a little bit. Like, what does he do, really? Except order he, Gillian around. He runs everything. That's <laughs> fucking dumb. But, um, uh, but I don't know. It just irritated just how fucking happy he was when he woke up. He's like, oh, good night's sleep. Like, Dude, fuck you, man. Like, such a dick. You won't even let him go straight to bed either. He's like, no, you got to yeah. do this shit first and this and that. Make breakfast for everyone. And yeah, you got to chop wood and make my breakfast. Then you can go take a nap. Like, what the fuck? Really? And make sure you're up and by lunchtime because you got to fucking make lunch. Such a dick. I hate. He's like Carol Brady to me, man. I freaking hate the skipper. God. <laughs> All right, scene three. As they enter the supply hut, Gilligan enters first and slaps some hanging palm fronds in the skipper's face. The skipper looks at him and sarcastically says, thanks a lot, Gilligan. Gilligan shrugs his shoulders. As the skipper enters the supply hut, he hits his head on a beam and says, Gilligan says, watch your head, skipper. The skipper, now all flustered, enters the supply hut. Both Gilligan and the skipper notice that someone has raided the supplies and flares. Mm. The skipper says, we've been robbed. Gilligan asks, robbed? The skipper says, someone broke in here last night. 
Gilligan says, I think you're right, Skipper. The Skipper gets in Gilligan's face and says, Gilligan, if you were wide awake on your post, how could somebody get in the hut? Gilligan says, they must have picked the lock on the back door. (laughs) If you know what I mean. (laughs) And thank you. (laughs) The Skipper says, there is no back door. Gilligan says, then they came in through the window. Yeah. (laughs) The skipper points out there is no window. Gilligan suggests, how about the chimney? The skipper just shakes his head. Gilligan says, no chimney, no back door. There's no window and there's no chimney. Skipper looks like we're up against a pretty clever thief. (laughs) The skipper losing his patience says, Gilligan, why don't you just admit it? You were asleep on duty. (laughs) <laughs> he was on duty. <laughs> Gilligan adds. <laughs> Gilligan adds. Only during the robbery, the skipper looks at him with anger and yells, "Get out of here!" Gilligan runs out in fear of the captain, <laughs> Captain Morgan. <laughs> um, why does Gilligan entertain? I'm sorry. Why does the skipper entertain Gilligan's questions? Like, why does he? You know what I mean? Like, why does he even put up like? Like, why is he saying, there is no back door. There's no window. Why does he do that? Like, just tell him, get the fuck away from me right now. Let me figure this out. Like, <laughs> So you don't like it when the skipper's mean, but yet you I would like it better be if he like, like found a way off the island and left everybody like, or if he just like got eaten by, you know, a tiger or something. I don't know. Just something. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, we know he ain't going to starve. <laughs> Um, scene foe as they exit the supply hut they run into the girls and the professor skipper says good morning ladies professor marianne asks can i help with breakfast skipper says may not be any breakfast thanks to sleeping beauty here we've been robbed the professor asks robbed skipper goes on yeah somebody broke into the supply hut took our food supplies our flashlight and flare gun professor Mm. says there's only one answer. There must be someone else living on the island. Gilligan says, you're right, Professor. Ginger says, it could be an animal. Gilligan says, you're right, Ginger. The professor says, no. A flashlight and a flare gun? Those things are only useful to a man. Marianne says, oh, believe me, I know a couple of ways I could use that flashlight. <laughs> No, she didn't say that. But it would have been cool she did. (laughs) No. Marion says, uh, if it were a man, we'd have seen him. Gilligan again (laughs) says, you're right, Marion. The professor with a PhD and a professional outdoorsman actually suggests it could be someone wanted by the police, an escaped convict or a murderer. Gilligan says, you're right again, Professor. Skipper turns to Gilligan and says, Gilligan, will you cut that out? Everyone can't be right. Gilligan says, Skipper. Skipper says, what? Gilligan smiles and says, you're right, too. Skipper just rolls his eyes. Ginger turns to the professor and asks, do you really think it was an escaped convict? Seriously? With your education? And know how and knowing where we are. <laughs> and it's funny because I don't think Ginger asked like, oh, no, do you really think? I think she's like, do you really think? Like, that's, 
Do you really? You're educated, right? Like, you know about how, how travel I'm not a professor, works. but I played one in a movie once, and even I know and that shit's ridiculous. <laughs> Marianne adds, or a murderer. The professor turns to everyone and says, for our own safety, I suggest we start an immediate search. Skipper says, that's a good idea, professor. Come on, Gilligan. The three men walk off to begin their search. Ginger says to Marianne, if we had to get marooned on an island, why didn't we pick Manhattan? <laughs> so the professor's like, guys, this could be an escaped convict or a murderer, a very, very dangerous individual. So we're going to split up individually and all go off on our own <laughs> by ourselves and look for this guy. Um, yeah. So was the professor just bullshitting about the whole native thing? Like, like, was that just a lie? Like, was he just like pulling that shit out of his ass? Like, like that's more believable. It could have been, what was the name of the, the tribe there or whatever? I, I can't even remember. Yeah. But I mean, it's more believable if he said, oh man, one of the Wachutu or whatever, like yeah. probably raided our supply hut. Right. No, he's got to go. It could be an American convict or murderer <laughs> that escaped from the police. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. What? I don't know. Seriously? I, I, I wish somebody would call him out. I wish I wish the captain, like Captain Morgan, I wish he would be like, so you were just fucking with us with the native thing, right? You were just trying to get like trying to get us scared. Like that's what you were doing, right? You're making I mean, we this wasted show. a perfectly good cave because you had us on a wild goose chase, you know, pretending like there uh, there were some kind of natives around here. Like <laughs> he's just trying to get laid. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway. Scene five. A moment later, Gilligan and the skipper are filling a water jug. Gilligan asks, can I go along with you and the professor on the manhunt? The skipper says, no, Gilligan. I want you to stay here with Mr. Howell and guard the women. Most of all, we've got to get that flare gun back, you know, because he has to shoot it in front of everybody. Tag. <laughs> what am I <laughs> going to do tonight at seven o'clock? <laughs> That's that's their entertainment. That's like their tea. That's like their Brady Bunch. As Gilligan continues to fill the skipper's water jug, he says, well, you be careful, huh, skipper? Because if it is an escaped convict or a vicious killer, he might be dangerous. <laughs> you think? Um, the skipper rolls his eyes and says, just between us, I hope it's only a vicious killer or an escaped convict. I'm afraid it's something worse. Gilligan squeaks, something much worse? The skipper goes on, yes, I think it's voodoo. <laughs> Gilligan asks, voodoo? <laughs> the skipper says, shh, let's not upset the women. Gilligan says, let's not upset the men either. The skipper <laughs> continues, Really fantastic things have been going on in the in these waters, Gilligan, for which there are only one explanation. Gilligan asks, Voodoo? <laughs> the skipper dramatically whispers, Voodoo. <laughs> Think of it. <laughs> Ever since, this is so stupid. <laughs> Ever since we got on this island, we've had nothing but bad luck. One disaster after another. What do you think caused it? Gilligan says, I thought we all agreed it was me. The skipper <laughs> says, no, Gilligan. Voodoo. 
Some some people think of it as a silly superstition, but I've heard tales that witch doctors in these parts can turn people into hyenas and baboons and all kinds of wild jungle animals. As Gilligan continues to pour, yes, he's still pouring water into a jug, <laughs> to a canteen of that. <laughs> he gets caught up in the story and pours water all over the skipper's topsiders. The skipper stops his story and says, Gilligan, I think my shoes are full now. <laughs> Gilligan looks down and stops pouring onto a shoe. He says, sorry, sir. The skipper, laying on the sarcasm, simply says, thank you very much. <laughs> the skipper gets serious again and goes on. Evil spirits are spawned in these waters and they cast their black spell over all those that invade their domain. Just then the professor arrives and says, ready, skipper <laughs> Gilligan and the skipper jump for being startled by the professor. The professor <laughs> says, <laughs> the professor says, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Gilligan says, that's all right. I was scared already. See, I wish we had the, the screech thing. Uh, <laughs> the skipper says, I think we better be going, professor Gilligan. I'm leaving these things with you, a gun and a rabbit's foot. If one doesn't work, use the other. Come on, professor. As the professor and skipper leave, Gilligan says, but skipper, we don't have any bullets for this gun. The skipper says, you know that, and I know that, but the killer doesn't know it. The skipper and professor head off onto their manhunt, leaving Gilligan in charge of safety and security. <laughs> Nothing should go wrong there. No, not at all. <laughs> Isn't that a jerry can? That water must be nasty. I don't know, like that jug thing, like it's yeah. in another episode because I think it's something natural because I was trying to figure out what this thing was because he like pops this thing off and then like these little black things fall out of it and then they fill it with water. I don't know what it no, is. I'm talking about the metal, the big metal jerry, jerry oh, can. Oh, it's like, like an like old a, gasoline can. Yeah, like, like a gas gross. <laughs> yeah, they must have <laughs> cleaned it out really, really well somehow. <laughs> My lawn guy still uses one of those. He goes to like you know, surplus stores and buys them. He's like, Oh, these things are great. Um, <laughs> how big is that damn Island? Why do they need so much water? What do you mean? Like that must, that Island must be huge. They act like they're going on an expedition. <laughs> <laughs> My memory, you heard, uh, later the professor is like, I must've walked 20 miles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. <sighs> hmm. Scene six. Meanwhile, at the lagoon, Ginger is putting on makeup and singing. Marianne runs over and says, Ginger, am I scared? I've never been so frightened in my whole life. As Ginger checks herself in the mirror, she says, neither have I. Marianne goes on, just think, there may be some strange man loose on this island. Ginger smiles and says, that's what I am thinking. <laughs> As she continues to adjust her hair in the mirror, she says, would you hand me my compact, please? Marianne asks, what compact? Ginger points to a nearby rock and says, this. Marianne bends down to pick it up, looks at it and asks, clamshell? Ginger <laughs> smiles and says, yeah, cute, huh? I made it myself. I had to have something to put my makeup in. <laughs> Marianne says, but there's nothing in there but berries. Ginger says, that's right. The red berries are lipstick, the blueberries are eyeshadow, and the blackberries are mascara. Marianne says, oh, honestly, Ginger, you don't seem the least bit worried. Ginger asks, what's there to worry about? 
Marianne says, suppose the man they're looking for turns out to be a killer. Ginger says, honey, if the man they're looking for turns out to be a man, he can do the worrying. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey Marianne just stares at her. I think it'd be funny if one of them's like, what if he's a rapist? And they just kept saying that like like over and over again. Like, do you think he's a rapist? Maybe he's a rapist. Like, I don't know why I thought it would be funny. She was like, um, this, like this rape fantasy. <laughs> Dude, Gilligan, oh. do you think he's a rapist? Do you think he'll um, have a knife in his hand the whole time too? <sighs> do you think he'll tie me up? He might tie me up. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my only note says, Ginger's going hunting. Hunting for that dick. So it was like all of Ginger's dialogue just ADR. What do you mean? Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Huh? Because like Marianne just talks. She's like, oh my God, I'm scared. What the hell? And then like Ginger's <laughs> just like, like all of her dialogue is like, maybe it's not. I don't know. It's almost like she like yeah. redoes her dialogue like in the studio afterwards just so she can get that breathy, quiet voice, you know? <laughs> he can do the worrying. <laughs> <laughs> It just sounds like all of our dialogue is ADR. It's weird. That's how we should read the rest of this. Scene seven. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. It's annoying. (laughs) I'm annoying myself. (laughs) All right. Scene seven. Later, we see Gilligan pulling on a rope to attach it to a stick nearby the supply hut and hook it to a rock. Ginger and Marianne walk over and greet him. Gilligan quickly says, stop, stop. Marianne asks, what are you doing? Gilligan says, I just set a trap for the prowler. Ginger says, do you think it's a rapist? No. Uh, <laughs> Ginger says, so did I. How does yours work? <laughs> <I> just- <laughs> Get this pussy <laughs> trap. Well, yeah. <laughs> Gilligan says, when he comes down to the supply hut, his foot hits the stick, goes into the loop, and whew, pointing to the sky, Marianne smiles at his brilliance and says, You've got your man. Gilligan says, if he is a man, you never know what an evil spirit might look like. Ginger asks, evil spirit? No. (laughs) What are you talking about? Gilligan tries to backpedal and says, oh, nothing, nothing at all. Ginger goes on, Gilligan, are you trying to tell us something? Gilligan says, I'm trying not to tell you something. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right, folks? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Ginger says, all right, let me put it this way. What is it you're trying not to tell us? Gilligan says, please stop asking so many questions. You'll both feel a lot safer if you just think it's a dangerous killer loose on the island. The girls <laughs> look at each other in worry. Gilligan says, now stay away from this area, girls, and whatever you do, Don't walk down this path and put your foot into this. Gilligan demonstrates and gets his foot caught in his own trap and is hoisted upside down by his foot. He yells out, help, skipper, as Marianne is yelling at Gilligan to try to get him down. Ginger calmly states, okay, I won't put my foot in that rope. (laughs) Gilligan flails around, continuing to call the skipper simply out of muscle memory. Hmm. I thought that was really funny how she was just calmly like, 
Okay, I'm gonna put my foot in the rope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if that was a stunt double or not. I watched it twice, but if it wasn't, yeah. kudos to him, man. I'm pretty sure it was a stunt double, but dang. I think it was too. Um, why were the girls acting like they couldn't reach him? Like <laughs> they were like three feet away from him trying to stretch up and reach him. Like you can go past the trap now. It's already been sprung. Like <laughs> I don't know. A man told me I'm not allowed to walk over here. So No, that's technically part of the path. I can't walk there. <laughs> you told me not to walk over here. <laughs> <laughs> Scene eight. Over at Howl Manor, the Howls are tightening up their home security. After putting up some bars on the windows, Mr. Howl says, Well, that does it, lovey. Sturdy bit of construction, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Mrs. Howell says, Thurston, what on earth is that on your forehead? <laughs> Mr. Howell, confused, wipes his forehead and then looks at his hand. And then looks he says, at <laughs> <laughs> He says, says, hmm, looks like water. I wonder where it came from. He looks up at the ceiling to find a leak of some sort. <laughs> Mrs. Howell <laughs> thinks for a second and says, Thurston, I know what it is. She always talks like, I used to see it on a gardener. It's perspiration. (laughs) Mr. Howell says, it is? (laughs) What can I put it in? I've got to send it to dad. He'd be fascinated. (laughs) This scene had me die. I thought it was so funny. (laughs) Just then Gilligan calls out for the Howells. The Howells roll their eyes as Mrs. Howell says, Oh dear, I really wish people wouldn't stop by without letting us know they're coming. <laughs> Mr. Howell says, It's only Gilligan, lovey. Mrs. Howell says, Yes, I know, but everything is in such a mess. She leans in and whispers, This place looks like a hut. <laughs> Mr. Howell says, It is a rather crude cabana. Gilligan walks up. He says, Come in, come in, boy. Gilligan enters the crude cabana and says, I just thought I'd check on you folks. He looks at the window and asks, what's that? Mrs. Howell says, well, we thought with a prowler around the neighborhood, we better not take any chances. (laughs) (laughs) So Thurston put up these bars. Mr. Howell chuckles and says, that's what we need, some neighborhood bars. (laughs) And they all giggle their motherfucking asses off. Mrs. Howell says, Oh, Thurston, you are a devil. Mr. Howell crosses his arms and boasts, Well, I come up with them under pressure. (laughs) And all of a sudden, uh, the skipper yells out, Gilligan! Gilligan says, There's the skipper. I better go see what he found out. Gilligan then runs out of the hut to find the skipper. Mr. Howell says, Oh, dash it all. Mrs. Howell asks, What is it, dear? Mr. Howell says, I forgot to show him my perspiration. <laughs> Mrs. Howell says, oh. Mr. Howell says, I wonder if I could do it again. <laughs> he makes like a face like, <clears throat> like he's trying, like he's training. Um, <laughs> man, Mr. Howell would have been so proud of us when we moved. When, we, when you moved. like, um, yeah. <laughs> I love how they're not even thinking about this supposed killer. Like, and how he got on the island and how it could be a ticket off the island. Like, they're not even thinking of it. Like, they're not even thinking, like, holy shit, he probably has a boat if there's a killer on the island. That's what they should be looking for. Instead, they're like, oh, shit, I hope he doesn't steal our supplies. Well, I mean, <laughs> you you could, like, leave with him. You know what I mean? Like, he got there somehow. Like, right. 
<laughs> and it's not like, okay, so like there's people that are in prison for murder, right. but like these murderers aren't like, like they need to murder. You know, it's like, I must find my next victim. Like that's how they're treating these people. Like I must have another victim. I need another victim now. You know, where should like, I go murder the Hollywood Hills? No, fuck that. Let's go to a small Island. that's uninhabited in Hawaii <laughs> and just hope there's castaways there. <laughs> no, I can murder somebody there. I have to. I have oh, to. Fuck that. Remember those castaways? Remember that that boat that went missing? Yeah, we're gonna go look <laughs> for them people and kill them. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're just so uh, dumb about it. We could have a killer. Oh, gross. Anyways, <laughs> well, that's that's the. That's how we don't steal our shit. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, let's start the civilization over again on this island and fuck leaving. I know the, the howls just crack me up just because they're so out of touch. Like they still haven't even admitted that like their lives could be in danger, you know, <laughs> just for being like on this island at all. They yeah, still no. think it's a fun excursion. Like, this, <laughs> oh, this is a good time. <laughs> well, they all kind of act like that. Like I think. Um, <laughs> anyways, <sighs> scene so nine. Funny. Gilligan is now running to try to find the skipper. Gilligan yells out, Skipper, where are you? The skipper says, over here, Gilligan. Gilligan backs up to look around for the skipper. He asks, where? The skipper calmly says, right here, Gilligan. Gilligan turns around and finds the skipper face to face, hanging upside down in Gilligan's trap. Hmm. You know, kind of like that, that scene from Spider-Man, if you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> just with no rain, but it's still the same thing. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And just and Gilligan's shirt isn't all wet. And he's, you know, he's not showing. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> Gilligan says, I see you found my trap. The skipper says, yes, I did. Gilligan asks, works pretty good, huh? The skipper says, works fine. Works just fine. Gilligan says, oh, good. Had me a little worried. I didn't think it was going to work at all. The skipper says, you don't have to worry about the trap, Gilligan. You don't have to worry about anything until I get down out of here. Now get me down out of here. <laughs> so weird. You know, you get so mad and you don't think about what you're saying. You just say stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Gilligan rushes to his aid and says, yes, sir. Gilligan salutes the skipper <laughs> as he says, don't salute me. Get me down. Gilligan scrambles to free the captain. <laughs> Why, <did he> <laughs> Why was Gilligan? So, so Gilligan claims, oh, shit, I wasn't sure if it'd work or not. You were trapped in it. <laughs> like it, it picked you up. So why were you worried that it wouldn't work? Well, maybe when he got down and he reset it again, he was like, ooh, I don't know if it's going to work again. Wait, was that like a like a fat joke for the skipper? <laughs> That's messed up. Gilligan's got to weigh like, what, 140 pounds? pounds. What's that? Huh? <laughs> Did we just <laughs> say the same thing? <laughs> well, I was saying like, skip, well, like Gilligan would be like, well, I knew it would work for like 140 pounds, but not sure if it would work for I said the same thing. At the exact same time, I was like, Gilligan's got to weigh, what, 140 pounds? And we said 140 pounds right at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Crazy. <laughs> Man, Gilligan making fat jokes. That's messed up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and we can say that because we're both bigger. Yeah. So we can say that. I bet I'm That's bigger right. than the skipper. As far as weight goes, yeah. I bet I'm heavier than him. Probably. Sadly. I mean, I'm not saying you, but 
Yeah, I'm pretty much in denial on how big I actually am. But I mean, they say like cameras add like 15 pounds and there's like, I think three cameras on him. So, <laughs> right. If we were boxers, we would have to fight Mike Tyson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's frightening. Okay. Scene 10. Later, night falls. Gilligan stands on post again near the lagoon next to a fire with a gun in his waistband. He hears a grunting noise coming from nearby bushes. <laughs> Thinking it may be just the skipper jerking off again. <laughs> he puts his hand on his gun and walks around. He checks the supply hut, but sees nothing. A strange grunting noise continues from the bushes. <laughs> As he walks closer to the supply hut, he peeks in. He sees nothing and then opens the door and enters. Huh. That was weird. It almost sounded like a person making grunting noises. Huh. That's strange. <laughs> it's like Bobby Brady. That is. <laughs> Scene 11. Wait, we didn't say Savon, did we? I don't know. That would have been you. Oh, my God. It's like the first time ever we didn't say Savon. Oh, damn. Anyways. Hmm. All right. Scene 11. As he enters the hut, Gilligan looks around and doesn't see anything unusual. Just then, the grunting noise is just outside the hut. (laughs) A large shadow appears on the wall from outside. Hmm. Gilligan is in fear for his life and the lives of everyone on the island. He whispers, the killer, voodoo. (laughs) He pulls his gun out of his waistband for protection, but then remembers, no bullets. Help! He tries to call out for help, but nothing is coming out of his mouth. The shadowy figure continues to grunt and move around the hut just outside. Jimmy, stop. Gilligan walks slowly towards the door of the hut with his gun. When all of a sudden, <laughs> when all of a sudden the shadowy figure leaps into the hut and attacks Gilligan. He screams out in terror. Well, Gilligan screams out in terror. <laughs> he wrestles around with the figure as he screams out for help. The attacker seems to be making Bobby Brady noises. He finally gets free of the attacker and runs out of the supply hut. Oh, jeez. Damn, that was fucked up. He got attacked by a doll. Did you see that? By a <laughs> dummy. Jackie. That's messed up. <laughs> they got haunted dummies on this island. Mm-hmm. One more thing to worry about. It could be voodoo. Yeah. It could be. Like a voodoo doll. Uh-huh. It could be. You're right. You're, you're right, Tack. <laughs> yeah. It could just be a monkey. Oh, that's true. But you're right. It could also be food hill. Yep. <laughs> Scene 12. Outside the hut, Gilligan calls out for help. The skipper and the professor run out to see what the commotion is. The skipper asks, what is it? Gilligan is bouncing around and says, Skipper grabs a hold of Gilligan and shakes him. Will you get a hold of yourself? Gilligan continues. Ghost. No, a monster, a monster in the hut. Skipper says, okay, let's go investigate. You ready, professor? They walk over to the supply hut door and then run in. Gilligan stands outside and says, careful. After they walk out, Gilligan says, you got him. Let me pause right there. Did you see him when he says you got him? No. Okay. I don't think I did. It, 
it was just done like really well because Gilligan's like standing there like freaking out waiting while they're inside. <laughs> and then he comes out and he's like legitimately is like, oh, you got him. Like, and they're like, no, like there's fucking nothing in there. And, like, and it, <laughs> it just was funny. Do you see him? <laughs> anyway, Skipper says, Gilligan, whatever it was that attacked you was gone. The professor says, you must have been dreaming. That's <laughs> <laughs> messed up. Gilligan says, no, no dreaming. Just then the girls come walking out. Ginger, of course, and just a blanket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gilligan turns around and jumps with fear at the sight of them. The Howells have now joined in on the fun and asks, what happened? Gilligan <laughs> says, it was a monster. Eight feet tall came out of nowhere and attacked me. And he had long arms and claws and big yellow teeth. And and I kept hitting him and it just bounced off of him. And his arms, they're like steel. And they started to squeeze me and squeeze me. I don't know how I did it, but I broke loose. Marianne smiling and looking at Gilligan lovingly says, Ginger, isn't he marvelous? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he is. I mean, what? <laughs> Skipper says, Now hear this, Professor. I had some doubts before, but now I'm positive I know what it is. If you've been sailing these waters as long as I have, you'd be positive too. The Professor asks, Syphilis? (laughs) That's what I'd say. No, no, no. Skipper goes on, It's voodoo. (laughs) The Professor says, Voodoo? Oh, come on, Skipper. I'm a science teacher and a psychiatrist and also an outdoorsman and, and a, boy also scout. a boy scout and a writer. And a, you know, anyway, <laughs> you, you can't ask me to believe in a thing like voodoo. <laughs> Skipper says, <laughs> I knew a sailor once who said that to a witch doctor. They never saw him again. The professor says, Oh, come on, Skipper. Skipper goes on. Oh, I'm not through yet. They never saw the sailor again, but the next day in his hammock, they found a parrot. The parrot kept saying over and over again, 533-993. That was the sailor's serial number. Mm. Skipper takes a breath and looks at the professor just staring at him. Skipper says, well, I'm through now. (laughs) Gilligan adds, I think I'm through too. And Gilligan then faints backwards and onto the ground. The skipper and the professor try to catch him. Dude, Gilligan is so getting laid. Like, <laughs> Marianne was all over that shit like a lampshade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Damn. <laughs> she was impressed as hell. She's like, hell yeah, I got attacked by a monster. Now I want his monster. That's what she's thinking. You know she's thinking. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. Ginger in a blanket again. Oh, man. Probably because mm-hmm. she was scissoring with Marianne in their tent. So their huts. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So this is where we take our next break. Okay. So someone or something is stealing the castaway stuff. Mm. Is it a murderer? Or will it be a surprise? Will Marianne express her newfound love for Gilligan? And will Ginger ever put some damn clothes on when she goes to sleep? <laughs> we'll find out soon. We'll be back.
Hey there, comic book fan. We've got a few questions for you. Were you obsessed with X-Men as a kid? Did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of Superman in the black poly bag? Did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves? Then have we got the show for you. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more. You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. We are back. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, that was a good break. That was, was. a good break. It was a good break. It was a good, you, know good what, one. you know what's weird is like we're like talking to each other through time right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm looking at my watch yeah. and it's 1029 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's 1029. I what know. time is it Don't, on your watch, Tech? 929. Exactly. We're talking to but, each other through time. And no spoilers. Space. I don't want to know what happens. If this was a hundred years ago, you know how long it would take to do this podcast? Cause we'd have to send it by like Pony Express. <laughs> it would take like four months. And once we got it done, we'd have to send it out to Pony Express to everybody, all the listeners mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing a little bit of research and you know, the name of the, the boat is SS Minnow. That's correct. Yeah. You know, do you know what SS stands for? Um, well, first let me ship? do a little uh-huh. backstory. So like USS for Navy ships just stands for United States ship. Right. right. So, so I was wondering like, well, SS. What, like the SS Titanic. Was that called the SS Titanic? Mm-hmm. Was it? Oh, yeah. I guess it makes sense. Okay. Now that I know what SS stands for. So some people used to say, oh, it stands for sailing ship, but that's not what that's SS what I stands assume, for. Yeah. Yeah, that's wrong. It actually stands for single screw ship. Sail what? Single screw ship. Sail screw? Like screw that? Single. Oh. Like one single screw ship. Well, then the Titanic, it wouldn't make, oh, I guess it did have one, didn't it? Yeah, one very large one. So what if it's dual? Is it like a DS? Is it like a Um, DP? There is a, a few different uh, things. So there's, <clears throat> so CS would be cable ship. FV stands for fishing vessel. Um, motor tanker, MT. There's an MFS too. There's a what? MFS. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> SV stands for sailing vessel. Okay. Well, they're all sailing um, vessels. Not really. A sailing vessel means that it has sails, and that's how it's proposed. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. So, true. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. So I don't know that I would classify the, the minnow as a ship. <laughs> it might well, be an SV. just what they... <laughs> <laughs> But it's anyway. just how they classify any watercraft, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. So, so um, so how has it been in Illinois so far? Like you got there, you know, you pulled up in the U-Haul truck. You know, it's just like the beginning of Who's the Boss when Tony and uh, <laughs> and his daughter pull up. You know, like so. What happened after that? Like, give us the lowdown. <laughs> what is that in the song? It says something about going around the bend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I can't remember the song now, but anyway, um, it was cool. So I have a lot of family here and it was not something I'm used to, especially my son either. Right. So we've been like first few days, we were like really bombarded with like everyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like helping unpack the truck. How long did it take us to pack that truck? Um, I think we started about probably 10 in the morning and we got, I got home at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Yeah. So with everybody helping unload the truck, it took about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. I was impressed. I thought we'd like get started and then take a break and then do a little nope. bit more. To, nope. It was like I was up in the truck along with one of my sisters and we were just handing shit down to like six, seven people. And <laughs> they were just That's grabbing cool, me. I was like, put this in that room. Put this in the garage. Just put this over there. You know, and it went by really fast. So <laughs> you should have messed with yeah. them. Like, where's the cat? Just in the back of the truck, that would have been funny. Well, that's cool then. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, (laughs) I remember, because I'm used to when I'm at home, like I don't wear a shirt when I'm at home unless people (laughs) come over. And then (laughs) like the next day, I was just tootling around the house, just kind of unpacking and stuff. And I look out the window, here comes my dad and stepmom just walking up to the door. I'm like, shit. (laughs) I'm like trying to scramble to find a shirt. And I was like, (laughs) Not used to this. People just dropping by. Well, that's cool that they are. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I, yeah that's cool. I mean, I can't it's, remember it's the nice. last time a family member came to my. House. I'm being. I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> I can't remember the last time a family member came to my house. Hmm. Yeah. Invited or otherwise. <laughs> one of my sisters uh, took Rannon out yesterday. And went shopping. Nice. So was, How did that go? On for a few. It's good. Good. Yeah. She right spent some money on them, got them some clothes and some other little snackies or whatever. So they all, they nice. all listen to the podcast, right? <laughs> no. No. Okay. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. I mean, it definitely yeah. sucks you moving out of town, but I mean, got to do what you got to do. Nah, yeah. I mean. And nah, we are sorry I mean. again about not releasing an episode. We really thought that it would be. Um, that it would be okay that we would have enough time, but we just, yeah. we just didn't. So, and I went from, I went like two or three straight days of just constantly moving. My mm-hmm. arm is still sore. Like my it? left arm yeah, yeah. still hurts. Yeah. Like I went, um, I, I didn't really get that sore, but I was, I wasn't feeling the greatest when you moved. I was getting over like being sick. And so recovering afterwards took longer than usual. So we apologize for not really releasing an episode, yeah. but, um, but, but we're releasing um, this one. That's cool. I don't know if you uh, if you saw what uh, uh, the Retro Network posted, but they posted a really interesting thing. It was um, five things you may not have known about Gilligan's Island. 
This is brought to you by the Retro Network. I thought this was mm-hmm. kind of neat. At the beginning of Gilligan's Island, and now this is mm-hmm. during the during the opening credits, um, the flag is at half mass. When they they, they temporarily oh. they drive by and they show a, cl- a flag at half mass. I do you why. know why that flag is at half mass? I do know why, but now I forget. <laughs> I read it somewhere. Um, something like just happened. Um, what was it? The pilot for the series was filmed over several days in November of 1963 on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. The last day of shooting was scheduled for November 23rd, 1963 in Honolulu Harbor for the scenes showing the SS Minnow embarking on its fateful three-hour trip. Late in the morning on November 22nd, a crew member ran to the set and announced that they had just heard on the radio that President John F. Kennedy, Kennedy. had been shot. Yeah. So so the flag is actually showing at half-mast for Kennedy. I thought that was kind of neat. Hmm. Neat. Second thing, the island was probably 20 miles southeast of Hawaii. Um, three somewhat specific locations are given throughout the three seasons, in, uh, and they show where it could be. Um, the mm-hmm. island is said to be approximately 140 degrees latitude by 10 degrees longitude, uh, which are impossible coordinates. Later in the episode, Big Man mm-hmm. on a Little Stick, their position is stated as approximately 110 degrees longitude by 10 degrees latitude, assuming that to be negative 110 degrees. That would put them, that would put the island a ways off Mexico's Pacific coast. Finally, in it's a it's a bird, it's a plane. The U.S. Navy spots Gilligan flying over the island on a jetpack. They give the location as 250 <laughs> miles south of Hawaii, so 10 degrees longitude. I'm sorry, 10 degrees latitude, negative 140 degrees longitude, which makes the most sense for the location. So people <laughs> dive into this stuff more than we do. <laughs> well, we're we're not there yet, but we no. will. <laughs> the lagoon was located in Studio City, California. Which we kind of knew. And it was actually mm-hmm. on the back lot. And, you know, now it's a parking lot, but it was actually located on the back lot. Um, mm-hmm. Don Wells is the yeah. only cast member, well, when she was mm-hmm. alive, she was the only cast member to still receive royalties from the show. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. All of the actors signed contracts that guaranteed them a certain amount of money per original episode plus a residual payment for the first five repeats of each episode. This Hmm. was a pretty standard contract in 1965 when, as a rule, most TV shows were only rerun during the summer months as a placeholder between seasons. So what happened was Don Wells was married to a talent agent and he told her to game. Yeah. He told her to go ahead and ask for um, for an amendment to the, the residual clause to basically make it infinite. The producer said yes. And so 50 years later, Hmm. she was still receiving residuals for the show. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? You know, a little funny story. Um, do you know who Alec Guinness is? Uh, yeah, from Star Actor. Wars? No, Star Trek? Yeah. Star Trek? No, Star Wars. Star yeah, Wars. he played uh, the original Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. So he was like a... Um, he was that dickhead that didn't want to be in the movie in the first place because he thought it was stupid. Now he's rich from it. <laughs> Basically, like he, his agent or somebody told him to do it. And instead of getting a big paycheck, he just took 2% of any kind of like money that the movie made. Right. So he ended up actually making way more than like anybody he made else. his career too. But <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works. Um, so it was kind of funny uh, how his contract actually made out to where he made more money than he ever thought he would make. The last thing on this list is there was a Western knockoff 
of Gilligan's Island called Dusty Trail. Hmm. After Gilligan's Island, Schwartz hit the jackpot again with the Brady Bunch. However, the third time was not a charm. In 1974, he attempted to recreate Gilligan's Island in a Wild West setting. The result hmm. was Dusty's Trail, which also starred Bob Denver alongside Forrest Tucker of F Troop. The wagon train also included a rich couple, a brainiac, a farm girl, and a showgirl. The show tanked after one season, though four episodes were stitched together to make a theatrical release. The wackiest wagon train in the West. Hmm. The more you know. Maybe we'll have to check that out. Hell yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So you ready to get back into this? Now that we've bored Let's everybody. Get back into it. I know, right? All right? So when we left Wake off. Wake up, everybody. Everybody <laughs> pulls out their guns and goes, halt. <laughs> when we left off, Gilligan was attacked by a huge, hairy, muscular well, doll <laughs> that's been stealing their supplies. Is it some sort of dark magic or just Bobby Brady? <laughs> <laughs> Scene 13. The next day, the professor and Gilligan search the island for the would-be monster. As they search around, Gilligan says, hey, professor, it's getting late. Why don't we call the search off and go back to the camp? The professor says, because the flare gun is our only chance to be rescued. The professor gets serious and puts his hand on Gilligan's shoulder and says, Gilligan, only a coward would give up at a time like this. <laughs> You're not a coward, are you? Are you? <laughs> and he's like, lighten up, jerk. No. <laughs> Gilligan asks, would it be all right if the coward quits and goes back to camp? The professor hmm. says, all this talk about voodoo <laughs> and witchcraft is ridiculous. Whatever you saw last night has a simple and logical explanation for it. Gilligan says, probably nothing more than a monster. The professor says, there is no such thing as a monster. Will you believe that? Gilligan states, I'll try, sir. The professor goes on, I know what I'm talking about. The only place you'll find a monster is in these pants. <laughs> anyway, that's what I would have said. Anyways, uh, the only place you'll find a monster is in your mind. Gilligan quickly adds, and the supply hut. The professor, now realizing he's not getting anywhere with Gilligan, he says, you know, I think we'd cover more ground if we were to split up. I'll go this <laughs> way and you go that way. Gilligan says, well, wait a minute, professor. Why don't we just kind of stay together and uh, both go this way? The professor says, Gilligan, you're suffering from anxieties activated in your subconscious by a traumatic experience last night, resulting with withdrawal symptoms. You know, like a liar. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Gilligan nods and says, yeah, I'm a chicken. The professor, done with this conversation, says, you see what's off in that direction, and I'll meet you back at camp. The professor then walks off in his own direction. Gilligan turns and says, oh, wait a minute. But as he turns in the direction the professor went, he sees no sign of him anywhere. He just Batman Gilligan. It's probably the voodoo. <laughs> Gilligan nervously whistles as he walks off alone in his own direction. A few steps in, Gilligan trips and slips and slides his way down to down a muddy slope and into a large mud puddle face first. Hmm. He stands up covered in mud, 
and wipes his eyes. <sighs> so the professor's a psychiatrist now. Oh, he can like see the future and tell what people are thinking. <laughs> oh, that's no, never mind. <laughs> that's the wrong thing. But uh, I mean, I like how he's like, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're suffering from a delusion. And then he's all like, do you know what that means? <laughs> Watch you, Skipper. Hey, Gilligan. <laughs> what do you make of this? Watch, watch what he says. You fucking dumb shit. Watch what he says. <laughs> do you know what that means? No. I didn't think so. He 100% made that shit up. <laughs> withdrawal symptoms from anxiety? I mean, we, both, we all know who has withdrawal symptoms on that island. It ain't Gilligan. And it damn sure from, ain't from anxiety either. I have anxiety. You have anxiety. It ain't no withdrawal symptoms from anxiety. That didn't. Well, it's like, oh man, I really wish my my anxiety would come back. Like that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> what's wrong, Tech? You seem upset. Well, I'm not anxious about anything. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> fucking professor. He ain't no professor. Fucking liar. <laughs> professor of bullshit. Sorry. Scene <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> fourteen. A moment later, Gilligan finds a lagoon and dives in to wash off all the mud because he's dirty. Dirty. Once dirty in the boy. water, <laughs> sorry. Once in the water, he removes his clothes. Oh yeah. Oh shit. And throws them up on the shore. Hell yeah. As he continues to wash himself because they're Swimming dirty. Around. All his parts are dirty. Hell yeah. He is so. He scrubs that shit too. Don't tell dirty. me how he scrubs that shit. Scrubs himself. Wipes himself. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I didn't realize so Gilligan I was so homoerotic, did you? As soon as he said wipes himself, I'm like, okay, that's gross. <laughs> he's got to clean all the mud off, and as soon as he recovers, he's got to clean it off again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just then a growling noise is heard from the bushes and a chimpanzee comes out and runs up to where Gilligan threw his clothes. Unseen by Gilligan, the chip takes his clothes and runs off with them. Oh, shit. (laughs) A few moments later, Gilligan swims back to shore to retrieve his clothes, only to find them missing. Oh, Gilligan scratches his head in confusion. Gilligan skinny dipping. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell so yeah! Flopping around in the lagoon. Hmm. Better watch out. A, a, a fish might get it. I think it's a worm. <laughs> I'm not, sorry, I don't know why I said that. Um, uh, he should run to Mary Ann's hut and ask for help. That's absolutely, what I he should absolutely do that. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, can you keep a secret and just run into it? No, you can't invite anybody else in here. This is a secret. <laughs> oh no, I've lost my clothes. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. Scene 15. Later that night at camp, the skipper tends to the fire as Marianne and Ginger walk up. Ginger, while waving a fan in her face, asks, what's the big blaze about, Skipper? It's hot enough. The skipper says, nothing like a good fire to keep the bugs away. Marianne, who grew up on a farm, asks, bugs? <laughs> the skipper goes on, yeah, mosquitoes, moths, zombies, vampires. <laughs> Marianne says, What's that? I saw a picture called the land of the vampires. Once they didn't build a fire to chase away the monsters. They hung up pieces of wolf's bane. 
The skipper calling bullshit says Wolfsbane. That's Hollywood for you. Any fool knows that Wolfsbane only is used against werewolves. Or as Marsha calls them, <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> Warwolves. What about werewolves? Warwolves. Mar- <laughs> Marianne adds, well, it was a very good picture. The skipper says, well, maybe so, but a mistake like that makes the whole picture unbelievable. Can you imagine making something so ridiculous that people are forced <laughs> to believe it to be true? Hmm. You know, like, hmm. like when you have a cave on the first episode and it suddenly vanishes. <laughs> or like when there's Native Americans everywhere and then suddenly it's a murderer. <laughs> right. Next thing you know, the Harlem Globetrotters will be showing up. Anyways. <clears throat> Is there a Harlem Globetrotters episode? I don't know. <laughs> I feel Somebody told me there was, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel that there is. There should be. Marianne smiles and says, I guess you're right, Skipper. Marianne looks at Ginger and asks, you were in the land of the vampires, weren't you, Ginger? Ginger says, <laughs> no. I was up for a part, but I was the wrong blood type. Hmm. Just then the professor returns from his search. The Skipper says, hi, Professor. Did you find anything? The professor says, no, I must have walked 20 miles. Didn't see a thing. The skipper asks, where's Gilligan? The professor says, I thought he'd be here. I was lost for the last couple of hours. Marianne says, golly, do you suppose that's what happened to Gilligan? (laughs) Professor's like, "Hmm, probably stupid. No. (laughs) The professor says, I don't know. Well, maybe we better look for him before it gets too late. The skipper says, you're right, professor. That kid will never find his way back here. Tell you what, we'll split up into three groups. You and the girls go out this way. I'll get to the house and get them out this way. The skipper heads toward the house hut, spots Gilligan and says, and Gilligan, I will go. But then stops, turns and sees a chimp sitting on a log wearing Gilligan's clothes. He looks Hmm. at him and says, a monkey. What's he doing in Gilligan's clothes? The skipper thinks for a second. His eyes open wide as he says, it's voodoo. (laughs) They've changed Gilligan into a monkey. He leans into the chimp and says, oh, speak to me, little buddy. Speak to me. The professor eyes the chimp and says, that's not Gilligan. That's a chimp. Mm -hmm. Dumb shit. (laughs) The skipper not buying it says, it's happened. I should have never let him go into the jungle. Ginger pipes up and says, that's not Gilligan Skipper. The professor adds, of course not. Voodoo. (laughs) It's just a lot of superstitious bullshit. No, he didn't say it, but he should have. That would have sounded cool. The Skipper says, oh, it is, huh? I bet Gilligan has a different story to tell. Bobby Mm -hmm. Brady. I mean, um, I mean, Chimp Gilligan makes monkey noises. The skipper says, oh, don't try to talk now, Gilligan. You've been through too much. (sighs) Poor Gilligan. Right? It would have been awesome if the chimp would have thrown, like, shit at him. Like that. I don't know why. That just would have been awesome. Like, if he would have pooped in his hand and tossed it at him, that would have been cool. Um, Why would, first of all, why would a wild chimp put on somebody's clothes? (laughs) Why wouldn't he? Well, the second question is, chimps are native to West Africa. (laughs) So how in the hell did this chimp get on this island? 
Uh, I don't know. How would an escaped convict get on the island? I wish they weren't liars. <laughs> Scene 16. Just then, Mr. Howell shows up and says, Oh, Skipper, there you are. I've been waiting all afternoon for that bamboo you promised me. Mr. Howell spots the chimp and asks, What's that monkey doing here? He notices the chimp's attire and asks, Now, just a minute, young fellow. What are you doing in Gilligan's clothes? <laughs> the skipper gets super serious and says, Mr. Howell, it's voodoo. <laughs> Mr. Howell gets a serious look on his face and says, good heavens. Well, some witch doctor will have his license revoked for this. He holds up a finger and says, black magic, I tell you. Skipper interrupts and says, please, Mr. Howell, if you don't mind, I'd like to have a minute alone with my little buddy here. Mr. Howell argues, yes, but the skipper insists that Mr. Howell scoffs and departs. Once Mr. Howell leaves, Skipper sits down next to the chimp and says, Gilligan. The chimp now moves into the skipper's lap. Aww. Skipper goes on. <laughs> Gilligan, I know it's going to be hard for you to adjust to this new way of life. Aww. But if you're half the man that I think you are, I know you'll come through with flying colors. The skipper now getting sad for his little buddy continues. I just can't bear to see you in those clothes. The skipper now removes all of the clothes off the chimp as Hell he says, yeah. I mean, what? Never mind. Besides the fact that you won't need these clothes in this condition. The skipper now chuckles to himself as he opens his arms and his heart to his first mate as he says we'll give up the sea let me tell you I'm gonna make you happy the rest of the days of your life we'll get an apartment one that takes monkeys and I tell you what I'll be your crew and you can be the skipper what what does C stand for because he says he's gonna give up the sea <laughs> I'm just curious Gonna give up that cock. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> already said he's gonna be his mate. Come on now. You know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, the skipper removes his captain's hat and places it on the chimp's head. The chimp now hops off his lap and walks off. The skipper yells back, Gilligan, wait a minute. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Gilligan, come back. The chimp now runs off into the jungle wearing the skipper's cap. I think it would be awesome if the skipper got close with the chimp and kept it as a pet, like throughout the rest of the series, if they had this, <laughs> this like freaking chimp running around. It's been awesome. Yeah. Then maybe he would leave Gilligan alone. <laughs> he just yelled the chimp all the time. <laughs> I thought it would have been funnier if Mr. Howe like didn't notice that it wasn't Gilligan because he was like, so and just yeah. started talking to the monkey as if it was Gilligan. <laughs> That would have been fun. Uh, I thought for sure that's what was going to happen. Like, man, Gilligan, your hair's getting long. <laughs> you <laughs> need to get a haircut. <laughs> All right. Scene 17. Meanwhile, the real Gilligan walks through the jungle trying to find his way back, wearing only a palm frond skirt. Yeah. Hmm. As he walks his way through the jungle at night, he accidentally kicks a box hidden by a bush. He bends down and reveals... It's the box of flares and some other supplies. Supplies. Ah. Hmm. Just then the chimp walks up to him. 
still wearing the skipper's cap and holds the flare gun. Gilligan spots the armed chimp and says, Skipper? Gilligan lifts his cap a little to look at his eyes. He says, Oh, what happened? He thinks for a second <laughs> as his eyes widen. He concludes, It's voodoo. <laughs> you were right. The chimp just sits there. Gilligan goes on. You'd rather not talk about it, huh? And you found the flare gun. Look, I found the rest of the stuff that was stolen. You can check it out if you'd like. Did you tell them back at the camp what happened yet? The chimp just stands there. Gilligan goes on. How about the professor? Won't you have a laugh on him when he sees that you've been turned into a monkey? <laughs> the chimp turns away and runs off into the jungle. Gilligan says, Skipper, no, I wasn't laughing at you. I wasn't laughing at you, Skipper. Gilligan gets up and chases after the chimp. I don't have crabs. <laughs> I'll show you if you want. <laughs> hmm. So with these two idiots believing the stuff, it's no wonder that they got stranded in the first place. <laughs> like this, <laughs> I, I, you know, everybody regrets booking this trip. Like out of all the boats in, in Hawaii, we did, we booked with these two idiots. Like, right. <laughs> but I, I thought it would be funny if they were stranded on like an uninhabited, like mile, like a mile from civilization, like, like in a natural mm-hmm. park that nobody goes to. And they're just straight. They think they're on an Island and they're not, they're just in the mm-hmm. woods somewhere. That's like two miles from an apartment. <clears throat> hey, know, just like what happened on uh, Full House, they get stranded oh, yeah, on yeah, a yeah, yeah, deserted yeah. island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny if that would have happened because this would have been before Full House, obviously. So that just wouldn't have been <laughs> All right. Yeah. Scene eighteen. Yes. As Gilligan is running through the jungle, he's yelling out, "Skipper, Skipper!" <laughs> Skipper is now running through the jungle, yelling back, "Gilligan!" They run smack into each other, and the skipper falls right on top of naked Gilligan. Hell yeah. In a panic, Gilligan shouts, the monster, help, the monster, let go of me. The skipper says, sorry, and pulls his pants back up. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. Now, the skipper and Gilligan struggle back to their feet again and realize who each of them are. Skipper relieved now says, Gilligan, you're all right. Gilligan looks at the skipper and says, so are you. Skipper says, I guess that spell didn't last long, huh? Gilligan says, looks like it doesn't. Lucky for us, the witch doctor turned out to be a quack. (laughs) The skipper laughs and says, Gilligan, this is the happiest moment of my life. I want you to know that every word I said, I meant. Could you really understand me, little buddy? Gilligan says, not exactly. Could you understand me? The skipper, he laughs in relief and says, not everything, but come on, let's tell the others about it. Then they run off back to camp, holding hands. No, they weren't, but they should have. <coughs> Gilligan, or the skipper falls on naked Gillian. <laughs> but that was totally like, that reminded me of Dude, Where's My Car? Like, dude, what's my, what does my, my tattoo say? It, it kind of reminded me of that because this misunderstanding, it was just kind of funny. <laughs> Did you understand me? No, did you understand me? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Scene 19. Back at camp, the rest of the castaways are in a panic. They're in a face-off with a chimp, still holding the flare gun and still wearing the skipper's cap. Mm. The professor is trying to negotiate with the chimp into handing over the flare gun so they don't lose it. 
Hmm. Gilligan and the skipper too, <laughs> and the skipper too. Sorry, um, arrive on camp as the skipper says, "What happened to us? We were in the jungle." Mister Howell interrupts the skipper and says, "Look." He points to the armed chimp. The skipper, or should I say, Captain Obvious, says, "Hey, mm. it's a chimp." <laughs> <laughs> The professor holds his hand out to keep people back as he says, careful, it's got the flare gun. The skipper, <laughs> not taking shit from nobody, runs towards the chimp and says, give me that. The professor stops him and says, don't scare him. If we lose that gun, we can't use the flares. Gilligan really? steps in and says, I'll get it. Get behind me. The castaways <laughs> all move back behind Gilligan. Gilligan gets low and says to the chimp, because you're my little pal, aren't you? Huh, little pal? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cheap. That sounds creepy as fuck. Um, the chimp points the flare gun at the castaways, and Gilligan says, don't point it. No. <laughs> the chimp, sorry, I don't know why it's so funny. The chimp laughs. What? The chimp laughs? <laughs> it makes Bobby noises. Oh, okay. The chimp laughs. Gilligan goes on, stop laughing. It's not funny. I want the gun. Come on, throw me the gun. The chimp shakes his head. Gilligan says, what do you mean? No, come on, give me the gun. Gilligan thinks quickly and says, skipper, throw me a banana. <laughs> the skipper tosses a banana over to <laughs> Sorry. It would have been funny if Gilligan just wouldn't peel it started eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all this negotiating is making me hungry. It just would have been funny. Um, <laughs> the skipper tosses a banana over to Gilligan. Gilligan holds the banana up and says, Ready? I'll give it to you. You give me the gun. Gilligan inches close to the chimp as he says, I'll give you the banana. You give me the gun. Here we are. Here's the banana. The chimp takes the banana as he hands over the flare gun to Gilligan. Gilligan shouts, I got it. All the castaways cheer with glee as he runs over to them and even receives a kiss on the cheek from Ginger. Oh, shit, man. He's going to be pissed. In the excitement, the professor says, I hope it still works. Gilligan says, <laughs> he looks down and goes, oh, it is. No. Um, <laughs> Gilligan says, sure it does. See? He holds out the gun. As the skipper shouts, oh, don't pull the trigger. Gilligan squeezes off the trigger and shoots a flare gun into the supply tent. The professor puts his hands on his forehead and says, the flares are in there. Gilligan says, I'll mm. save them and runs into the supply hut. The skipper tries to stop him by yelling, Gilligan, stop. It's too late. Gilligan, not listening, enters the supply tent. A second later, the flares set off a a chain reaction inside the hut. Mm. Flares begin to shoot inside and out of the hut. The castaways all run over to cover as flares shoot past them. Once all the flares have gone off, Gilligan exits the hut, completely covered in black soot. He coughs and says, well, at least we know the flare gun works. The castaways mm. all sigh as the skipper loses his temper and shouts, Gilligan. Gilligan just coughs. You know, Marion's happy as shit when she saw that shit going down. Hell too. Yeah. She's like, hell yes. Hell, somehow she orchestrated that shit. I don't mm -hmm. know how, but she orchestrated that shit. <laughs> um, it's amazing that the hut made of dried wood and dried palm leaves didn't catch on fire. It's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> um, 
But I bet that explosion scared that monkey away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he won't be coming back to that supply. I was going to say, I bet you're not going to see it the whole rest of the series. That's how bad that explosion <laughs> scared that monkey. <laughs> he left the island on his raft. He built a raft and left. He did. <laughs> Scene a 20. The next morning, Marianne and Ginger have prepared breakfast for everyone by the lagoon. Castaways all arrive to take a seat. Mr. Howell says, simply charming, girls. How lovely, I must say. The others arrive and give compliments to the girls as well. As they all take a seat, they hear the chimp making Bobby Brady noises. <laughs> <laughs> they look over and see the chimp wearing Gilligan's clothes again. Skipper stands up and yells, hey, Gilligan, where are you? Gilligan. <laughs> Sorry. I was just thinking, he sees the chimp wearing Gilligan's clothes. And he's like, you know, in his mind, he's thinking, voodoo. Right? Yeah, that's so true. So he's like, Gilligan, stop playing around. Where are you at, buddy? You know. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> See, I told you it would happen. And they're like, what? And he's like, you know, the voodoo. Anyway, Gilligan walks up behind the chimp wearing a palm frown skirt again. Skipper asks, hey, what's the big idea? Gilligan picks up the chimp and says, maybe we should keep it this way. You seem to like me better as a chimp. The castaways all disagree. They're like, no, no. (laughs) Skipper, Skipper walks over to Gilligan and says, Gilligan, I want you to know that you are forgiven. Now, I may spout off at you, but you're at the top of the list with me. Gilligan says, Skipper, you don't know how much that means to me. Coming from the man I always look up to. <laughs> Skipper, now touched by his word, says, You mean that, little buddy? Gilligan nods. Skipper steps towards the breakfast table with his arm around Gilligan. He goes on, You really will always look up to me? But just then... All of a sudden, the skipper steps in the foot trap and is pulled straight up into the air, hanging upside down. Gilligan says, way up. Skipper shouts, Gilligan, get me down out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And Gilligan just reaches over and just kisses him. And Gilligan's like, Spider-Man kiss. No. (laughs) Gilligan scrambles to get a hold of the skipper to help. (laughs) So why does he keep setting that trap? If they know it's a chimp, they know what it is. Why do they keep setting the trap? (laughs) I just think they haven't unset it yet. (laughs) But But it's been sprung three times or twice. And every time it's sprung, they got to reset it. (laughs) No, three times. This is the third time. Skippers. Now, how much of a moron is the skipper? <laughs> he got caught in it twice. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> so that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. All right. Man. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, that was silly. So, I have an email to read. Oh, cool. cool. It is cool. So, we have an email from Jeff. Jeff. Mm-hmm. Nice. He says, 
Hey, Tech. Jimmy. Hey. <laughs> Just wanted to congratulate you on completing the entire Brady series. Right on. When I was a kid, the reruns would just cycle back to the first wedding episode. So suddenly, the kids were all young again. I used oh. your podcast as my timeline to check out each episode, <laughs> one per week. The biggest what the fuck moment for me was the end of Kelly's Kids. Yeah. You know, in that minute, they throw in before the credits where the three musketeers were colored in yellow and brown. <laughs> Whoa. I thought you guys would have had more fun with that, but you weren't as shocked as I was. <laughs> I didn't find it offensive at all, but you'd never see something like that today. Hilarious. Anyway, I won't be joining you on the island, so I just wanted to say thank you for the laughs and the crazy stories. Take care, Jeff. Huh? Oh, he's breaking up with us. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's that's totally fine, but also keep in mind, Jeff, why... I mean, I guess he's not going to hear this, but <laughs> I guess not. But keep in mind that we are going to intersperse the Brady Bunch throughout, you know, so so we will be coming yeah. back to the Brady Bunch every once in a while. So hopefully that comes Indeed. up on his feed or whatever. He sees, oh, shit, it's the Brady Bunch again. But we understand. Mm-hmm. We, we had said that repeatedly towards the end of the Brady Bunch. We were like, we totally get it. If this, if this isn't your show, we totally understand. So we get it. That's fine. Well, uh, maybe I don't get it because I'm having a just jolly good time with Gilligan. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Same here. It's it's kind of nice not to have it because in hindsight, we had to kind of be careful what we joked around about because kids were involved and stuff. Um, yeah. And I mean, contrary to how it may appear, <laughs> you know, me and Tag really don't like making jokes at the expense of different races or anything like that. Um, we like to make jokes at how how like blind people were. Um like how blind the writers and stuff mm-hmm. were to the just blatant, you know, disregard for sensitivity kind of thing. But me and tech don't like to make racist jokes. So um, that's why we didn't touch on that, what you're talking about, but we, you mm-hmm. will be missed, but, uh, and we hope that you come back someday. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, you know, we did, we have fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. Like mm-hmm. we basically just said, we would also personally, like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you, you know what? This just wouldn't be, it would be pointless. It would be completely pointless Mm -hmm. Um, because we, we throw stuff at you guys regularly and um, uh, we ask for your advice and you guys are the ones that point us in the direction of Gilligan's Island in the first place. And uh, we really appreciate you guys. And especially we're looking at you, Jenny and Jen. Don't don't think we forgot Mm -hmm. about you guys. Don't think about just because we had a week off. Don't mean, don't mean that you don't get recognition. So um, they're the Mm -hmm. OPs and uh, we appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. Also, we have some homework assignments for you guys. Uh-huh. First thing, check out the website, www.averybradypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or CastBox. Tell two friends about the show. Or if you haven't, if you don't have two friends, then you know what? When you see somebody panhandling on the side of the road, tell them. Say, hey, I ain't got any extra change for you, but what I can do is I can point you in the direction of a cool podcast. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Or you can do like what Jeff did and send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at verybradypodcast at gmail.com. We actually do read them and we do take them to heart. We've made a lot of changes on this show strictly because of emails that got sent in. And some of them are from mm-hmm. emails that people already said they weren't going to watch this. They weren't going to listen to the show anymore. But we still make the changes because you know what? We care. Mm-hmm. We care. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun. At a very Brady Facebook group. 
If you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash a very pretty podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very pretty podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get updates. You know, like we didn't put an episode out last week, so that's where I let everybody know I was late, but I still let everybody know. Go check out the Retro Network. If you like the retro, the nostalgic aspect of this, you'll love the Retro Network. It's it's. I'll be honest, it's geared a little bit more towards eighties and nineties kids, but you'll still love it. So uh, go check out mm-hmm. Joe. Go check it out at theretronetwork.com. Check out our shop with our affiliate link at averybodypodcast.com/shop. Check out our T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this and every episode. <laughs> And most importantly, go out there and watch Gilligan's Island. And Tack right now is going to tell you where you can get started. All right. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. Um, on the next episode, season one, episode four, entitled Good Night, Sweet Skipper. Ooh, is he die? <laughs> um, no, but oh, the skipper figures out how to turn the radio into a transmitter in his sleep during a dream. So the other castaways try to get him back to sleep to fix it before a pilot scheduled to fly over the island arrives. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have something to talk about, Tech. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking the other day, because, you know, I've had recently had, you know, I don't know, like a couple of weeks off. And, um, and I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair that people can't stream this you know, the way they could the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to our good friends over at the Retro Network, and I was like, you know what? This is BS. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that they can't they can't mm-hmm. stream this. And so you know what our friends at the Retro Network said? What did they say? They said, you are correct, Jimmy. Hmm. All right, I've been Jimmy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the people at the Retro Network are, are, are good friends that, that back us up at the Retro Network. They want to sponsor another contest. If you remember last season, I think last season or the season before, they sponsored it. I think it was season four. They sponsored a contest and gave away a box set of the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, Marsha, was it Marsha? Yeah. No, she won the t-shirt contest. No, Marsha, no, Mendy won the t-shirt contest. Uh, Mendy, Marcia, okay, yeah, yeah. It was so Marsha <laughs> won the box set. Yeah. It wasn't fixed, I swear. Our good friends at the network, the Retro Network, want to have another contest. Mm-hmm. So, me and Tack are trying to think right now. We, we are going to hit up the producers um, and see how we want to conduct this contest. But if you have any ideas, go ahead and write us in. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, we would l- kind of like to to spread the word about the Brady Bunch. So, it may be something like, you know, share this, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but let us know what you think, uh, how you think it would be fair. Um, let us know. And uh, so, look out for that soon. And then at least one of you, you know, won't have to... Uh, Pay two dollars a week <laughs> on Amazon. Amazon Prime. <laughs> so. Or thirty dollars on Amazon, and uh, yeah, we get a free yeah. Gilligan's Island box set. Yeah, and it's the same one that me and Tack have, so everybody will think you're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sir. So look out for that coming up, and uh, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. I am. I am too. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just let. Just write in, email us, and let us know what you think. You know, let us know. Um, you know how uh, maybe some cool or interesting new ideas because i mean we we could do the, the the same contest that a lot of people do but it'd be nice to do something a little bit more unique you know it might be kind of cool indeed so let us know what you think cool cool in that case unless you have something else tag uh i do not you don't have anything else you sure i'm sure 
You sure? <laughs> yeah. Why? Is there something? I just I love doing that. I like making you. <laughs> I love making you question it. Mm-hmm. All right. In that case, I have been Jimmy, and I have been Tack. I think, and and this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.